just say that um, you know Joe has has done this for many many years in the area of sales for a lot of different corporations and a lot of different industries. He's done a lot with the automotive industry, but he has done a lot with a lot of different industries. When he's talking to you, what I want you to do is I really want you to think about how can you take what he says, apply it to your business, your industry, and your your style. If you're not a perfect person, don't pretend to be a perfect person. If you're not, you know, uh, Andy Frisella, don't be Andy Frisella. Be fucking Joe. It's Dave Meltzer for some Q&A for the day. Hi, Joe. Good to see you. You guys ever go buy a car and you don't know how to not get screwed at a car dealer? Ask Joe, the BDC genius, Ingram. And that, that's my bread and butter where I come yeah, from. But like, I love, like, I always like, I love like what Joe does. Hey, Joe, tell, tell everybody where they can find you and tell everyone where they're going to be because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who have seen you on here before and they see you on social and, you know, you're keeping it real. You're keeping it real with, with good stuff. So tell everybody where they can find you and where Joe Ingram has the, uh, he's very powerful sales techniques. If you're in the auto industry, I'll definitely contact him. He's a great guy. He knows all the tricks and the tricks in the auto industry business. So hit him up. Okay, and we're live. David Bradley here. Joe Ingram here. Joe Ingram here and David Bradley over there. That's right. That's right. We're going to be looking at uh, what do we decide on our title? Three our lessons title. for BDC departments from Grant Cardone's If You're Not First, You're Last. That is absolutely correct. But I think you need to say it with the Ricky Bobby style, right? Because if you're not first, you're last. If you're first, you're last. <laughs> so, but uh, I thought it was absolutely perfect when Grant came up with that title. I was like, yeah. oh, I could totally relate to that. Right. The and the timing. Around, baby Jesus. That's right. Taco Bell. Yes. The timing of the release was perfect as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because that movie had just taken off. and so. All right. So we're doing three lessons for if you are not first or last for your BDC. That's right. So if you got a BDC Lesson. department, this is for you. And, it's, and here's the, for those of you listening at home, Joe and I do not have – we have not pre-discussed this. We just decided that I would give – my three, he'd give his three, and we'll see if maybe our three somehow have some synergy. Absolutely. And for those that are going, what the heck is a BDC, right? Business <laughs> Development Center. So these That's are the right. people whose job it is is to follow up, do all of the legwork, and get them get customers into your company. Now, do you believe that also is part of the internet department? Because back in the day, they, those were sort of separate. Um, yeah, so they, they were separate. Um, I will tell you what's funny is being known as the BDC genius, right? And that's what I go around the nation doing. I still think a properly run BDC can make the dealership very profitable. But I also know that if we treated our sales department like BDCs, then you wouldn't need an actual BDC because your sales department would be developing their own business and bringing the people in and going from there. And it's just Again, there's a lot of things, especially in automotive, where we tend to say, hey, if this isn't your strong point, we'll hire somebody else for it instead of sharpening the knives on the other side right. or at least giving the process that's going to hold everybody to what we need to get done. Once uh, Grant, one of the first lessons or early lessons I learned from Grant was that um, your outflow should be senior to inflow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I tell so, everybody, you got to dial for dollars and the inbound call is gravy. Yeah. Right. right. And it, you should never be dependent on that. So for me, a BDC has always been about just adding wood to a fire that should already be burning. Absolutely. And see, it's gotten away from that as, through, through the years where instead of just having an outbound team, they're actually taking a lot of inbound opportunities as well. And it's, uh, that's why when I look at this, so when you, when I was going through the book, I was like, that's right. This is so great for sales departments as well as BDCs, but we're going to focus it on the BDC. So that actually changed up several of my, my three, right? My top three lessons that I went right. through. I was like, oh, no, no. It's all about the BDC people and what it is they're doing. But that's what I, again, a good book means you can read it multiple times and get some, a new lesson each time based on your growth. Amen to that. Okay. So what was the first one you got? What was the first one you came up with? All right. So the first one that I'm looking at, right? And I got my book here. That's here. 
um, past client reactivation. Mm. That was that was my first one, and and that's because um, going through you you look at it. So I'm going to quote something out of the book, and then I'll give you the spin that I've put into place after reading it and going through. So. Um, the big key, right? Let's reactivate it. So it says reactivating past clients mean contacting each person to whom you have sold and provided a service before, but with whom you are not actively working at this time. And then the big part right here, it says, this is not an option. It must be done daily. <laughs> right. And again, that's where I, you know, you, you stop and you look and go, Hey, this isn't a good thing. But if I, if I only do it once every week or so, but it's make, it says, do not spend your time organizing or qualifying the list, make calls, organize later and never, ever qualify. Mm. And I know that's huge when you look at in, in the dealership world in a BDC, that's absolutely huge that nobody is actually doing what they're supposed to. It says during periods of immense economic negativity, your biggest benefit is the fact that your competition right, is doing very little about this solution. And this is, these are people that already know you, like you, trust you, and are giving, have given you their money in some fashion or not. And now, nowadays, I mean, look at the timing, right? When this book came out, there was no such thing as a gold digger for e-leads or auto alert, right? Or all right, these right. revenue radar at dealers. All these different companies that go in and mine your data and give you these people and the probability but what I've noticed, right, and one of my clients the other day, they pulled up one of the systems, they're looking at it, and they go, oh, well, this one only scores a 75 as a possibility of buying out of 100. And I'm like, and they're like, so I'm going to go look for the other ones to dial. And I was like, don't qualify these people. You don't know anything that's happened to them in the last three years. Yeah. You don't know how many people are in their actual household that would need a car. Why are, why are we pre-qualifying? Don't pre-qualify. Just click on the list and start dialing. Dial, send your email, text, do all that. And that's where that's what I look at and say. So that was my absolute the first one that I said I got to get everybody out there to understand this and go through. So I throw it now back to David Bradley and say, what would be your first one? The first thing that I came up with, actually in the book, comes from is at the end. And so um, Grant talks about having a freedom financial plan. And if anybody's reading along or wants to read along at home, it's on page 181. But the quote that I found was, was this. A true financial plan should clearly state your monetary goals. It should outline exactly how you're going to create surpluses of money, what you want to do with the surpluses, and how to manage and invest that money. A plan suggests that you're doing something to make things happen. It's not a historic evaluation of what has been done already. That's a budget. Plan means a method of achieving an end, a strategy of how one is going to stay viable and solvent as a household or a business. A budget is a list of those things on which you're spending money. So whether you're a BDC manager, whether you're the general manager, whether you're a salesperson, like, why are you showing up every day? Amen. You know, and that, you know, and I remember whether it was me on the floor, me on the phone, me running, working internet leads, that if I didn't have a solid set goal in place, not just how many units I'm going to sell and how much money I want to make, but what I'm going to do with it and where I want to be in 20 years, it's the make or break point between making that call when they've only got a 75% rating or, Right, because now you know I'm. You want a rep that shows up for a paycheck or to punch a clock, or do you want somebody who's on a freaking mission? Right. I, I, want, I want a mission. Yeah, a exactly. Mission, a mission attached to a paycheck. Yeah. You know, and and most most folks, you know, especially when you know when you're hiring um, in this day and age, you get a lot of people that have learned just enough about money to think that a steady paycheck is an okay thing. Correct. Where yeah. you. Know, 75% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And one of the things I always tell my clients is if you're in that percentage, then my job right now is to get you out of that percentage as quickly as humanly possible. Correct. You know? I, tell, I tell people all the time, I say, look, man, everybody's broke just at a different level. Right? <laughs> so, so, so don't assume just because they're there. I used to have friends that would um, ask if they can borrow my car because it was nicer than theirs to go car shopping. And I would say, I, I don't understand that. And they're like, well, we don't want to be treated like crap, like we couldn't buy. 
and I was like, I'm like, you could you pull in and in something nicer, we all laugh and think you're upside down. Right. right? We're like, that guy's buried. He's buried. That car. <laughs> They're not gonna help you, but it's a totally different mindset from what the consumer versus somebody on the inside would be looking at. Right. Because how many times I mean every dealer has a thousand stories about the dude that showed up in a ripped up t shirt. You know, yeah. flip flops, dirty feet, and you know, swim trunks, and stroked a check for you know, absolutely eighty thousand dollars. Guy that gets out of the truck, and then when you when you finally get done, he goes back out to the truck and brings in a shoebox full of cash. Right. <laughs> You're like everybody. Just, you can't afford to prejudge. Yeah. No, I did. I've done. No, I that's did. An excellent point. Where you need to be thinking beyond where you're at. Oh yeah. That's ultimately where are you headed? Because so many people are stuck in only right now the immediate gratification right what's happening now what happened before right and that's why they're cherry picking that number yeah absolutely they're, and again i laugh because if you look at it right the answer is get on there and don't think about it just do it but if, if you're sitting down if you've got 10 other people that are at a dealership with you if you're sitting with four other people in your bdc you're all going to be waiting for the next phone call to come in right that i mean you have to be the fastest one on the phone, which means you don't dial out because you're waiting for an inbound call. So now you're going to sit there for a long time and not realize that if you had actually applied the lesson of going after it, again, if it's 75%, okay. If it said there's a 20% chance of doing it, it doesn't matter. Get on the phone and do something because I tell everybody, if you're going to be dialing out like you should be in a BDC, the goal is to do what? Set an appointment. So that means when the phone rings and your hands already reach in to go dial out, you pick up that phone, you're still thinking appointment. So there is no distraction. There isn't anything. Right. It's just an effective use of your time. And how do you maximize everything, which is, again, where the plan came in. Never let that phone hit the cradle. No, not at all. Not at all. So that was cool. That's What's your second? My second one is, again, my, my hat was only on my BDC people and going forward, which was... Uh, it's the unsold follow-up one, which is uh, chapter five, converting the unsold. Converting the unsold. Yes, and it was uh, starts on page 59. But uh, what I put through is that though rarely util utilized, this tactic truly works after all. Don't these people remain unsold simply because you didn't transact with them? They came, they came in, they went to do something, whether it's internet, whether it was a phone call, whether it was an actual floor up, right? The fact that you failed to close an opportunity and then dropped or forgot about the lead does not mean that that person is no longer potentially in the market for your services, right? And it says, and don't, it says on this one, right? It says, just because you quit following up or the client bought from someone else doesn't exclude that person as being a prospect for you now. Right. And one of the biggest takeaways on page 61 said, if the person has not bought from you, conduct a new fact finding as though you haven't before. Okay. Yeah. This is, you will need to start this sale over from scratch. Do not assume what the client previously wanted is consistent with what he or she wants now. Ask them what's changed. Inquire to why he or she opted not to do anything at that time. And that's when I look at, so a lot of times the notes that are in the CRM almost hurt the mm -hmm. BDC person doing follow-up because they're looking at, they read the notes and again, the, whatever the, and somebody in the sales department has failed to, to leave proper notes or they put in notes with very emotionally based. <laughs> up, right? And so we, we've had times where we go, you know what? CRMs don't let you erase things so people can't cheat. The bad part is, is that when you express all of your emotions into it, I can't go in and delete it. Right. So, and I can't afford to have somebody go snap a picture of it and put it on Yelp. So try to be professional the whole time you're leaving notes. But the, the BDC department has to pick it up and be an unbiased outside person and call into these people and realize that, okay, so the average number of dealerships people are going to now is 1.6. Two years ago, it was 1.2, right? So we're getting better at pushing people off our lots. Yeah. And saying, go away, right? Back in... Back in what, 2000 when I got in, it was five. Right. The average person went to five dealerships, right? Looking for someone to buy a car from. But now we're doing so much more online and so much more qualification before I come in. So if it's going to 1.6, right, that, that means it's a 50-50 50, 50 chance because if I round up 1.6 to 2. So these people are leaving. Where are they going to the next place where they're going to buy? 
So we're pushing them off. So that means to me, like unsold matters. If, if somebody walks out, you should be calling back to the BDC going, I just put this lead in. This person just left. Get on the phone and call them. And what's interesting about that too is I always I tease my clients a little bit about that. I'm like, hey, listen, it's whether it's 1.2 or 1.6. If you're the 0.2 or the 0.6, that means you totally blew it. Yeah. You because did. if they're only going to one and a half, that means really they're only going to one. And the first place they go is the place they're like, okay, if everything goes right, I'm doing a deal. Right. I, and again, right, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, no one walks on the lot unless they plan on buying a car. Right. There, there isn't a let's go check out cars anymore. No. There's actual virtual test drives online. Totally. Right. In fact, the, pulled it in there. I think it was 14%, and this was in 2006 or 2007, 14% of buyers said they, they don't want to or need to drive the car in order to make a purchase or a purchase decision. And that was five years ago. So I can only assume that that statistic has gone up. Right. Well, Fiat actually has a program uh, over back in Italy and everything there that they have a virtual showroom and the people have headgear on that has a camera here, a camera here, right? And a little microphone or a little speaker that goes in and a mic and the person stands in the showroom, you log on to the browser and then you tell the person, can you go over to that car? And then the person walks over Wow. And they go and they go, can you open the center console? Can you do this? Can you do that? And they show them how everything works and do a virtual walk around with these people. And then they say, would you like to go for a ride? And they say, yes. And they go, think, think, hit the button. And it runs a loop of the car driving around. Holy smoke. Right. And it's like, Hey, yeah. we don't need you to come in anymore. Right. <laughs> like, well, then okay. a Tesla dealerships in a mall. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yep. There's definitely yes. one. And Cerritos has a Porsche store or something in the middle of it. Yeah, Best yeah. Island has the Lincoln experience, right? So the right. answer is throw the cars out in front where nobody could sell it if they wanted to because the license isn't there. But the client gets to walk in with no pressure and get taught by a product specialist. And so we just need to convert that back to the dealership. There was a dealer in Texas that if you came in and you wanted to leave and you said, okay, we're not, we're not buying today and you were leaving, they would give you a half gallon of ice cream. Right. Because what do you have to do now once you got your half gallon of ice cream? You have to go home. You have to go home to put it in the <laughs> freezer. So they know they know they just bought themselves 15, 20 minutes to yeah. call you back and bring you back into the dealership with whatever was there. That is and you brilliant. Going to the next place. Yeah. Brilliant. So, the other thing, too, on this converting the unsold that I think is, is valuable is um, there is a maybe for lack of a better word, an, an immense level of humility that is required to do that. You know, to really like say, hey, I dropped the ball with this guy and then confront that. Absolutely. It may not well, necessarily be with him. It's just it. making the call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most of the sales department won't do it, which is why we have to implement the BDC doing it because the salesperson looks and goes, oh, that's the jerk who told me no yesterday. Right. Again, we're back into the emotion part of it. And then you go, okay, that person may have went to three other dealerships and heard the same thing. So now you're not being a, a sleazy car guy. You were being somebody up front, but they didn't buy it either one. They have to readjust in their head. Maybe I don't go for the Explorer. I go to an Escape because I'm there. Maybe it's an Edge that fits, but whatever it is on whatever brand. Yeah. But again, I'm now flipping myself around because I now heard it from more than one, one person. I still haven't bought, but now I'm re rekindling everything but i put in there and i do a um when i when i meet with my teams i tell them we have a pr script for public relations so we call in and we ask the person we go oh you know what uh, david I, I know that you were uh, in the dealership yesterday were you here for um were you here for service parts or sales we know you were there for sales because the salesperson logged everything yeah so you go oh i was here for sales we go oh great did you end up buying a car so I don't sound like I'm even working at the dealership. Yeah. And I say, and they go, no, I didn't go. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I report directly back to the general manager of the store. Right. Can you tell me what was the one reason why you didn't? Yeah. Why not? Now I'm going to go back and, and I tell them your job, problem solved, problem solved, find out what it is that they're not doing that we didn't do. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's the salesperson smelled like onions from whatever lunch we bought that day. <laughs> right. Or they're smoking and they smelled like cigarettes and the person didn't want to go on the demo drive with them. Smell like cigarettes and shawarma. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it's, again, some of these things are such easy, quick fixes yeah. that we can figure it out, but now I can get somebody to come back in. 
right? And that's, that's to me, the BDC's biggest job. I tell everybody, I go, if you're going to drop me back into a BDC to work, right? Inbound phone calls are great, but I'm going after unsold showroom traffic because those people have shown the most commitment right. to anybody that's there. And if your average internet person is going to be buying three to six months from now instead of the same month they emailed you, who's following up? These are all yeah. unsold people. Get out there, start dialing. And I think the stats, what, like 78-ish percent of all BBACs do the deal? Yes, absolutely. So I, if I just get you to come back. Right. Odds are in my favor that you yeah. get to show in the soul. Really good. Yes. Yeah, really good. Right. I've rambled enough. David, give me your second one. So this, it actually goes hand in hand. I think it's pretty cool. So, um with converting the unsold, and I think what we really touched on is the fact that the way people shop and buy, very different now. Yes, absolutely. It's just, and, and good or bad, what it is is what it is, is that the, the car itself has been so commoditized that Grant's chapter called Delivering at Wow Levels. Oh, that was on my other one that I took away. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it, it, yeah, yeah, so I'm glad I brought it up. Number four. Yeah, you know, so he uh, on pages 84 and 85, the first thing he says, and this is even more challenging in a BDC department, in an auto industry or in an Internet department. The first thing he says is an important rule to remember. Price is never the way to create a wow experience. Correct. Wow, that's great. Reducing price or cost does not add value or solve problems. It merely reduces the cost of the product and can actually diminish perceived value. Correct. So here we are, though, in, a, in, a, in an industry where, you know, dollar over invoice, true car, right? Guaranteed pricing, lowest pricing, you know, 10 grand off, you know, a Chevy. You know, so, like, there's all of this stuff that we market out there. Right. But at the end of the day, the only reason someone's going to buy something is because they fell in love or it solves a problem. Right. And, and, they're, and they're going to be happy if the value of the product is perceived as more than the expense of the product. But the experience at the dealership is really the, the, I think, the differentiating factor. It's how they're treated. It's how they're received. It's what kind of, it's how everything, how the emails are presented. Is this, are we, you know, Grant's other book, um, Sell It Be Sold, he says, are you a Ritz-Carlton or a Holiday Inn? So it's like, what, what are we, what kind of an experience are we giving to the customer to where they're like, wow, where price isn't the issue anymore. It's like, this, this solves my problem. I get my three rows. I've got the safety I need. I have this, that, and the other thing. And that dude is amazing. That's where I want to put my money. That's, that's who gets it. Yes. So I'll throw in my two cents on the wow thing. Cause again, that was my number four that I was fighting back and forth between this and my number three. But on that one, stop and understand that um, everybody is controlled by the digital gun, right? Yelp yeah. and Google that are there. And so the wow experience gets somebody to leave you a review that's going to be four and five stars. Okay. If you, if you think about it, if you went through a drive-through today, so you go through a drive-through, you order at the speaker, you pull up to the window, you pay, they hand you your food. And then you pull forward, look inside the bag, and everything is correct. Do you stop and go, woo, yeah, I'm leaving them a Yelp review? No. No. Why? Because they met your expectations, right? So you did what I thought you would. There is nothing there. There's no energy in the fact that I got what I, I that I'm satisfied. There's no energy. Right. I just feel satisfied. If you did something at the end of the day, you go, oh, I had a great day. You don't go, I'm going to go run around the block. I don't go say, I'm going to go do all of these extra things. So if I'm looking at that, my answer is going to be, okay, if I, if I got a bad experience, what's the first thing to happen? Oh, they tell everybody. I get angry. And right, yeah. you see these people's fingers just going away when they're starting to, to write something. Angry, angry. But anger is a fueling emotion. It gets you excited and it gets you energy. There's adrenaline pumping. Yeah. Right. Because it's the fight situation because I'm upset. So it's very easy to find the energy to leave a bad review. There isn't one in a good job. But there is enough energy created in a wow. Yeah. Right. That's going to give me the energy to go. You need to be recognized for what you do because you exceeded my expectations, not met them. 
Right. You want to drive them to, to Google and to Yelp, it's you're going to exceed their expectation one way or the other, either in a great way <laughs> or the other. Right. Either that, you, you took them to the penthouse or the basement. It's yeah. Right. Where did you take them, right? <laughs> Anybody in between, there's no wow. Yeah. Right, right. So, That's awesome. All right, what was your third? Uh, third one, uh, you know, my favorite subject goes right along with you, which is the uh, importance of price. Mm. Chapter eight. Um, again, if you're if you're sitting down, and I get this from internet departments all the time too, and the the BDC is you say, okay, why do people call us, and they say um, price. I'm like, wow. We all used to recognize that they just want to make sure that the vehicle is here. Yeah. Right. That that's the first thing, but that's fallen now into the fact that everybody's calling you about price. Right. And so in page 91 it says price is always a very sensitive issue, especially during times of economic contraction. And you're constantly getting hammered with the notion. It's the notion mm -hmm. okay, that people don't have money and your weak competitors are lowering prices as a solution to their tougher environment which goes back to what you were just talking about, the wow factor, which I believe is the next chapter, right? Yeah. So the, the wow factor, what did you do in the wow factor? You, you gave an experience that was better, but I tell people all the time, I say, look, if I put a special price up online, so we got a price out there and the person's gonna call you and go, I want it better than what's there. So depending on the tact of the BDC person, right? If they're not tactful, we don't say it this way, but my answer is always, you know, um, it takes a lot of advertising dollars to advertise all over the place to, to get people to come in. Do you, does that make sense to you that we got to spend a lot of money to do that? Would it make sense for us to actually spend all that money and put our second best price out there? Yeah. Right. And we're just going to keep this one over here and go, no, no, this is our best price, but shh, shh, we're going to hide this one here in case somebody wants to ask us for it. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make sense. So when you explain it to somebody, you're like, guys, this is what, we were advertising for. And I always tell them, I say, look, I know they're asking for, a, they want a discount. It would be stupid for them not to. We've trained the public trained them to, do it. to get a discount. We, yeah. we taught them. Guess what? You know what? Before, what, in the 90s, no one knew what an invoice was. Yeah. Right? And then we just started telling everybody after that, the late 90s, we're like, hey, you guess what? How about if I give, show you my invoice? What if I show you my invoice? You're like, where did we get so weak in the sales department that the answer was, please just cover my cost. Yeah. Right. I'll split like, the hold back with you. Just do something. Exactly. And there's, <laughs> you stop and you say, well, exactly. I tell people this, go in, go to McDonald's, right? McDonald's is a multi-million dollar business ran by 19 year olds. Okay. Go in there. They're completely systematized. Walk up to them and say, I'll take a number one, but I'll give you three bucks. Right. They wouldn't even know what to do with you. Yeah. For one, they don't even know what the number one is. They got to look back at the board and go, oh, the Big Mac meal? Got it. Okay. Right? But to them, their answer is, there's no negotiating. You call the manager. The manager's like, what are you talking about? Why are you negotiating? Yeah. So why would we sit down and totally devalue our own product? Right. And if they're reaching out to call you based off of an advertised price, that price itself is already good enough for them. They're just nudging you for the rest. And the answer is, is can you do what it says here, which is hold the value of your product? Why do we have MSRP on cars? Why is it a joke at this point? Yeah. Right? It doesn't make any sense that we, we go, oh, hey, guess what? It's uh, This is what it should be priced, but we know that's not real. They should drop the S. Yes. Yeah, just, it should just, just be manufacturer's retail price. It should not right. be suggested. Not suggested. Yeah. We you know, we had... Uh, it's the 10 commandments, not the 10 suggestions. Exactly. So like, I don't know why it's we even need that word. Right. We suggested it be that way, but we decided not to. And again, in today's world, the, the difference between invoice and MSRP has completely shrunk. It's not like you have all this extra money that we could say, let me discount something. Like what's right? the room in a GMC terrain? It's like $59. Yeah. I, I look and I go, look at your, like your, if you go into like Nissan, Nissan Sentra, there's a $200 difference between <laughs> what you pay for and what the window sticker is. And somebody's going to go, I want $2,000 off. And you're like, okay, I, I'm already $1,800. It doesn't matter where holdback was. doesn't matter what anything is. Right. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the hole. And what business today is still in business by selling things for less than what they paid for it. Right. right? And, you, you know, and in the business. 
And in the book, he talks about that. The number one reason a business fails is not because it's undercapitalized. It's because you're not selling enough right. in quantity at margins high enough to stay solvent. Right. And again, if you're, if you're in automotive space and the manufacturer is telling us what, what is actually the margin, and then we all jump on to different providers, right? Somebody that's maybe a false car or something. And then we go to them and say, it's a race to the bottom. Right. How, who can go the furthest back of cost to gain that unit? And it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And we haven't even got smart enough to say, hey, what if we all just sold it at the MSRP or MRP? Right? Yeah. Why did, what, what if we just all said, this is what we do? It would take all the pain out of car buying. It would take the negotiation, which everybody says is their most painful part. Right. It's like, okay. How would you make that shift? So um, I would have to be delivering a wow experience for one. Yeah. Right. I have to be delivering better than what anybody else is doing. Because if price was the only issue, Nordstrom's wouldn't be there, right? Needless markup or Neiman Marcus, however you want to say it, right? Wouldn't be right. in business today. Well, I look at things about the service. Yeah. If you look at things with like an obnoxious margin, like obnoxious sunglasses, the movies, um, Disneyland, the movies, yeah. right? Disneyland, they're like, you know, we're raising our prices, you know, twenty bucks for everybody and people go ah, and then they're still selling out every day. Yep. Yep. So it's the experience. Somebody sneaks food into the movie theater, but more people stand in line and pay $8 for a bucket of popcorn. Right. And the whole time they're bitching about it. That's a rip off. They're ripping us off. Hi, two please. Yes. Come on. And and they're not sitting back going, Ooh, Ooh, I want to offer them less. Right. Right. So if every other retail establishment can hold it, their value, then yeah. Am I going to miss some because it's $8 for a bucket of popcorn? Yes. Am I going to win more than I lose? Yes. Right. And if I need, if I need to, we get a mobile app so I can actually steal all of your info and know it. And I'll send you a coupon for a dollar off, but I still got you to spend $7 on something that cost me a dollar. And the movie guy's better at bumping people than most car guys. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yes right. and again we tend to but remember we're on the other side in the car business we're getting punched all day long right so we just get there and we're like look if i don't fight you can we just get it over sooner right right instead right, of right. me saying hey guess what the factory's trained me my management's trained me my dealership has invested in me and instead of using all of it i'm just going to say could you please stop from a guy who's going to come in and buy a car every three and a half years Right. So there's just, and there's a method. I mean, if your process is dialed in, none of that shit, pardon my French, should be happening to you. And if it is, it just means you don't, you need training. Right. You know? And again, it, but again, a lot of it starts with your BDC person. Are they telling you that there's a chance that, of course, you can get a, a better price? Right. Are we emailing the internet department and they immediately send back a, a quote at two grand below cost? but nobody ever called me. Nobody ever texted me. So they treated me like I'm a grinder of a price shopper. Right. Yeah, they made a massive assumption like, oh, based on this guy's calling about this. But one of the things I love the most, we go online and you put, put something on. So I'll ask you, David, we haven't rehearsed. We know this, right? If you want to go buy a watch. So you go online, you start looking for a watch. As you go through, you see the watch, this store a has it for X amount of dollars. Store B has it for that same X amount of dollars with an extra hundred dollars off. Where are you going to go buy it? I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards the cheaper one. You're going to lean. Why? Right. So then, but would it make sense if store B had five watches that were very similar? One of them was a hundred dollars less. Would it make sense for you to pick one of the other ones that is a hundred dollars more to find out if they still have it? Right. Well, I need to know what each watch has now. I've got, right, right because let's choices say, support decision making. all identical. There's five watches, all identical, and one of them has a $100 discount. Which one do you want? Well, honestly, that would make me skeptical. Okay. And you would d- pick up the phone and call and go, what's the catch on this one for right. $100 less? Do you well, it doesn't have a minute hand. <sighs> right. Exactly. But again, look at, look at all of your dealership websites. Yeah. I go click, if I click on something and I now go, okay, I'm going to go 
click on all the Dodge Durangos. And then I'll sort price low to high. The first one says what? Ad car, five grand off. It's da 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 da. But it's the MSRP of 38,520. You go to the one underneath it, same color, same options, MSRP 38,520. And then we go, then we get upset at the dealership and go, ah, why do they always call about the one that's five grand less? Well, who wouldn't? Right. Who wouldn't? It's just I'm logical. It just makes, that's the, what we, we do as human beings. So why and that's the purpose about? of discounting or right. in your ad is to generate traffic, get interest. Right. I, I want to, again, I now have to compete to get people into my store, right? Why did I put a BDC together to get people off the couch to get them inside so my sales department can sell them? Yeah. And so, but why get upset? I have some dealerships where they, they yell at the internet department because all you do is bring in all the ad cars. I'm like, well, who do you think would, <laughs> right? We only do 100% digital advertising. That's yeah. the only place you can find our ads is on the web. And then I get mad at the department that handles the web leads, right? No, their job is to generate traffic, generate people in the store and give me units. Yeah. That's their job. Don't post it online with the price if you don't want to sell it at that much. I, I love how this is like, this has been such an organic conversation. Um, because it goes right into your third, my third. And it's perfect because so Grant, it's not written in stone in this book, but he talks about the solution to all problems in sales is a full pipeline. And when he wrote this book, I, I, we, right after, when I first started working with Grant, which was in 2011, he's on the phone with a, a Skype call with a client. He's talking about each one of his books. Right. And he pulls up this one. He goes, this is, this is a book about prospecting. That's all this book is. It's about generating traffic. It's about getting in front of more people. This is a prospecting book. And so, and when I first heard that, it sort of changed that I already read it like twice. So I went back and I read it again from that mindset and it changed everything for me. And so with that, he talks a lot about, uh, this is the power schedule to advance and conquer, but in it, he gives a formula. It says time times actions equals measure of advance. So for somebody in a BDC department, how far do you want to go? And we've already been talking about outflow being senior to inflow and massive quantities of action and not waiting for the phone to ring, but outflow and make the call. So he says to the degree or the degree to which you advance is limited only by the amount of time and action you invest. And the, the idea of an investment means implies ROI. Correct. Right. So what that ROI for you would be would be appointments and then appointments that show and then Correct. car deals. So he says the person who willingly swings the bat has a better chance at success than the person who refuses to swing. Any efforts, and this is where we, we like, this is why I love being so organic. Any efforts, even poorly executed ones, will aid your progress towards advancing and conquering, especially if you make them regularly and follow them up with subsequent action. Then he, the last thing that I highlighted was, there seems to be a lot of people who aren't willing to expend energy without complete assurance of, usually immediate or short-term, payoff. Right. An attitude like this only guarantees the demise of your economy. Right. The difference between a sales professional and somebody who's just a salesperson. Yeah. Right. The sales professional makes a sale today wanting the future business of friends, family, right? All the referral business and them again in California every three and a half years right. is the average. So that's what they're doing where the rest of the other person is hit it, quit it. And I don't care. I probably won't even be here when they come back. Yeah. I may not even be here when they come back for their first service visit. Right. So, possible absolutely so yeah i mean doing something is better than doing nothing and you know doing something with intent is even better yeah. right you know make the call send the email do the video you know don't get all hung up in all of the minute details and you know the 75 percent chance versus 20 percent chance or just, just make the call make get the call. on the phone BDC, you don't have to meet with the people face-to-face -face unless they show up for the appointment and you say, hi, here's your sales associate, and be done. But yeah. you're protected by the phone and the computer. 
So just jump and do it. it average car buying experience is still three hours and 45 minutes. It's been the same thing for the last 20 years. What would need to happen to get that sucker down to like 45? Yeah, um, I, I got it to an hour and 20 minutes at one of the stores that I ran, um, but it was a lot of process. There was no deviation. There was no anything. When you, when you type, when you got a, a deal done, as soon as you hit the button to send it to finance, you then logged it up on our sales board. The sales board was a Google Doc shared across all the departments. And so up on the sales board for the customer showed the stock number, their name, their city. That's what you saw on the television. There's still eight other columns that weren't showed on the sales department screen, but were on there. Yeah. So as soon as you typed it in, you punched in the time. Well, the guy in the wash rack was watching that computer too, the supervisor of the wash rack. And he said, hey, this one just got sold. So we have a red Wrangler that's coming back here that's going to need to get gassed and, and detailed before it comes up. And we got 15 minutes to get the detail done and be out there getting the gas after that. So as soon as you did, it was all process. It was all process. We wrapped a rag around the window or around the mirror right? We had a clean, we had rags that we used and then we had the delivery towels. Mm. Every towel was the white towel. Yeah. Right. That didn't have lint. So more like the cloth baby diaper kind of soft detail rags. And we wrap it around the, the driver's mirror. And then when the, when the porter brought up the car that was done, he'd pull it up right out in front of the door for the delivery. Salesperson would grab that rag and get all the water that's dripping down out of the mirrors that happen every time you wash a car. So they would go wipe that down and they would go polish up what's there. So as the customer came out of finance, we'd walk them right to the door and there'd be a guy out there buffing, polishing up your car. Just wow on, a, on a side note, what's your take on the home delivery concept? Um, the only downside on the home delivery thing is that your offsite grants them the cooling off period. And in California, we don't, you know, you'd have to buy that on a used car, but it doesn't come on a new car. Right. Um, like my wife's dealership, they offer it on everything. They don't care. Yeah. They don't even charge it. So the answer is, if you're not happy, bring it back. But if that's the case, then yeah, go deliver it. Deliver it to their house. I still say we're, we're at least another eight years away from the, the whole Carvana model working and uh, Amazon and Google getting to the point where they're playing the game. And actually, you can go click, click, click and deliver the car to your house, right? Because used cars, I don't think we'll ever get there. Yeah. Right? It's, everything's unique. It's all, everyone's a unicorn. So you don't know if it's going to be right for you. You don't know if it drives right, but you can take assurance with the, a new car that it just may happen. We are in the add to cart economy. That's what I call it. Yeah, I agree. What was your third? My, my third one was the um, price. Price, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so understanding <clears throat> what price means. Yeah. I think that's so like, we, we everybody, Consumers, salespeople, we all get hung up on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we don't need to. I sat and I trained a dealership. Um, I was listening to some phone calls. So I grabbed the phone calls off the recording system, put it down, and I bring the internet department in. I'm like, okay, hey, do you guys remember this call? And the guy's in there that did it. He's like, oh, yeah, that guy totally was grinding me on price. And I said, oh, okay. So I pull, I pull up the call and I go, I want you at this point, right? And when you hear him grind you, I want you to raise your hand. So we all know when he, when he was grinding you and he's like, okay, okay. Go through the person's talking on the phone. Guy goes, so what's the price of that car? And the guy says, well, we're asking this much, but since it's the end of the month, you can probably get a couple grand off of that. That's what the sales guy says to the customer. He's the grinding himself. Goes, and the customer goes, okay. And just repeats back the price 37,000 couple grand off. And then he goes, do you have a new one? do you have a new one? Cause I don't like that color. And the guy goes, Oh, I, I have a new one, but I mean, you don't want that one. That one's like 50 grand. And the guy, the guy goes, new one, 50 grand. That's all the guy says. It's just repeating back what this guy's saying. And he's like, and he goes, he goes, Oh yeah. So you got all your information. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And the customer goes, okay, bye. And hangs up. And I was like, you didn't raise your hand once. Why didn't you raise your hand? Yeah. He's like, he goes, what? I'm like, you gave away two grand right off the top. Right. And then you told him 50 was too much for the car brand new. What? Why are you selling? Yeah. And you're, you're not. Do you hear yeah. that? 
And again, everybody in the room, I was like, now how many of you are guilty of this? And because my belief, right? Cause it's me. I believe everything's about price. Then I in turn make it all about price. If I believe everybody calling is looking for a discount, then I throw the discount out before it even gets there. And if somebody wants to grind you, cause now this is what we failed to learn over here, especially in California. If I go throw a really low price online, right? Throw a big dealer discount and I throw it out there. That's the starting point for the person who shows up to negotiate from. They're not looking at us and saying, oh, by the way, you've already took the pain out of negotiating. They're not doing that. They come in and they go, I still want to, right? X generation, the answer is let's go haggle. Yeah. Let's go have a good time. Let's go do that, right? I, every time I go buy anything, I always joke. And I, I took my son to get pants the other day. He's like, here's this, this. I'm like, great, grab four pair. I don't want to come back, right? Walk up to the thing. The lady that helped us, she goes, ding, ding, ding. She rings him in. And I go, oh, and don't forget, we've spent a lot of time together, almost like we're family. So I get the employee discount too, right? Friends and family, you can share it with them. And she looked at me and started laughing. And she goes, she goes, you know what? Yes, I'll give you the, <laughs> and she goes, punches it in. Yeah. I'm getting 20% off of something because I made her laugh and I asked. Right. Right. Where a lot of times they just look at me and they go, they go, that was funny. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they go through, but every once in a while it works. So if I'm going to do it and as salespeople, if we want to grind on everything that happens, then why do we get upset when a client wants to do it? Right. And it doesn't mean they're a mooch. No, but we want to make, we want to elevate ourselves. Right. Right. I got to put them down for doing something instead of going, they do exactly what I'd be doing too. So it's true. They're not. A this movie. was They're awesome. Trying to grind it, so. But I had fun, David. Yeah, right. That was pretty cool. I like. I love your three. And your three were pretty spot on. Right. Very like this was very organic. I'm glad we didn't yes. split it up. Right. Well, exactly. We were gonna we were gonna do that originally for those listening and watching. We were we originally said, okay, we'll do one interview you, one interview me, and we'll go through. And then we both just said, hey, well, let's just throw it out there. Let's just go. So for my listeners, people that are listening to me, tell everybody a little bit about you and if they want to keep listening to you, how they can tune into your deal. Oh, fantastic. So uh, Joe Ingram, I, I have a podcast uh, everywhere that you find podcasts at Sales Genius that's out there. So um, that's the easiest way to find me. All my contact info is in the podcast. So uh, I train companies on making the virtual customer into an actual or vir virtual prospect into a paying customer. So, Virtual prospect into paying customer. I love that. Right. So get them, get them off your social media into a social meeting so you can sit down and have a conversation and sell something. But love that. that's what I do. And for those of you that are on the Sales Genius Podcast, you've been listening to my co-host and friend, David Bradley. David Bradley, tell everybody how they find you. All right. So I'm a senior sales and marketing manager with Grant Cardone, and I run the Cardone Solutions podcast. The, the purpose of that podcast is really just to help disseminate Grant's content. I said 90% of what we do is 100% free. And so what we put out there, I want to make sure that the people that are tuning in are able to not just have it, but really leverage it and use it and get something truly out of it, you know? Fantastic. And you offer the double your money back guarantee for all the free stuff, right? Amen to that. Yep. I agree makes perfect sense heck yeah so yeah it's the same thing as you anywhere you can find a podcast i'm up there if you just search cardone solutions it's there right so you're the direct link to uncle g i am the direct link to uncle g yeah <laughs> so I, I did i was so glad when we talked about this book because i was like hey look and i opened it up today and i was like and grant signed it it's some autography yes i was like i like this one it says joe rocket so rocket. i'm okay with it but I was excited. I have two versions of this. One is one that I've got that's fallen apart and highlighted and pages full. And then I got one. Yeah, and then I got one with some ink on it from from Grant. Fantastic. Keep the pristine yeah. copy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mine's beat up. It's just. I, I, it was funny when you said it. I'm like, let me open it up, and I'm like, I still have things, little cards in here to say, this is the page I wanted to see, and just way too many post-its and stuff. But it's I don't believe in shelf help. 
I believe in self-help, right? <laughs> Get in there and actually read it. <laughs> right. People buy it, put it on a shelf and leave it there. Yeah. And, uh, the shelf is uh, very waiting for its potential. Yeah. You know, we, we sort of talked about it, but I think, you know, one of Grant's uh, philosophies that I, I really push myself every day to be better at is called the winner's exchange. So it's like, it's, it's one thing to exchange with somebody where, you know, I give them a car they give me a bunch of money um, and then we're done. Right. We sort of alluded to that, but the, like the winner's exchange is where not just did they get the car, but they use it, they drive it and they freaking love it, you know? And, and for us on our side of things, it's not, did we just give you a book, but you read the book and you used it and it, and it improved your life in a measurable way. Absolutely. Someone just asked that the other day, what's the, favorite thing about what you do and right i train companies and i train their staff right to to sell things more and so when i look at it, i said my favorite thing to do is sit down and train somebody and as i'm training them you see that little spark go in their eye and you know you just changed them forever because mm -hmm. you just changed the total outlook and then they they saw it and they realize it and now from this point forward they can't go back to the way they were thinking yeah it's and impossible like, when, when i see that i'm like done okay I'm good. Now, if I can do it multiple times in the same training, it's better, right? <laughs> right, right. Their heads explode in front of you. So. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think um, it was in, it was in December. I, we got, I got a call, but it was this young, young kid. He's up in Canada. He newlywed. He's going into his uh, second year of marriage. He's got two kids, one before they got married, one after. And he's, he says, Hey, listen, I, you know, I was at another dealership and I, I was not figuring this out and I got fired back in July and I came over here and wasn't really clicking. And then you guys got on our training or we got on your training program and I started listening to Grant in October. Um, in October, I, I had already decided there'd be no tree. There would be no presence under said tree, right? I was just worried about food, not even rent at that point. I was just like, how do I just survive and feed my kids? Wow. And he calls me in December and he goes, that was my thought in October, but it's December. I've got a tree. There's presents under it. Rent's paid. Food's in the cupboard, right? And like when you get that call, right? I mean, that's forget about it that's why you do what you do it's the validation of what you did and what's out there yeah yeah i agree and again change forever yeah change forever yeah awesome well this has been great man thank you so much for doing it appreciate it i appreciate you as well david and uh look Glad forward we got connected i know me too we and i think we should do this again i agree we're always cool. here yeah all right bye Thanks for choosing to spend your time with us here at the Sales Genius Podcast. If your company is looking to increase sales or is having an event that would benefit from one of the Sales Genius team members attending, please look us up on the web at salesgenius.live, salesgenius.live. Don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the channel, and share it out to the world. Until next time, remember more deals, more money, more happy. Now go out there and close a deal.